0: Hello again, listeners, and welcome back to
1: Madrigal the Movies with Rob and Rob. I am one of your hosts, Peter Madrigal. Hey, guys, and I'm director Rob Federick.
2: Rob Schulte here, and
1: guys, we're going to America today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can I tell you guys- Are we boarding a ship? <laughs> I am very excited to board this ship with you guys. Uh, can I just start by saying, the movie that we're about to review, if you have not seen it, you're going to grab a piece of ice and you're going to bash yourself in the face with it because this is probably one of the most important iconic movies to watch if you haven't. Uh, Peter, would you like to tell Yeah.
0: All right, everybody. The movie we are reviewing today is the movie Titanic. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I mean- Rob, I found it, it, it. it all—it's all in the name, okay. That's what's in the name, as Shakespeare said. It's all in the name. That what's in the name? That's the name, <clears throat> Titanic. I mean, you can't—you can't even question this movie. It's like it's right there. That you're gonna when you watch this movie, you are immersed from the beginning to the end in this fateful voy- voyage <coughs> of this of this ship that crashed in
2: 1912. I completely agree. This is a a universe of a movie. And Rob, I know it was only like 30 seconds ago, but when you were saying that people needed to bash their head in, um, you didn't first say that it was because it was a great movie, which it is, but you
1: said important. Is that correct? I did you say said- important because for many reasons, guys, this movie, at least for me and a generation, uh, you know, maybe some of our listeners are a little young and you know, they maybe weren't even born when uh, this movie was out. But for a young generation of uh, of girls back in 1997 and a whole bunch of people, man, this movie was a cultural phenomenon. I yes, mean, it, it was. was everywhere, it was in the news, it was in the radio, it was in it, like everybody was talking about it, everybody was parodying it. Par- parodying it. Sorry. Everybody was, you know, like th- there was just Titanic fever everywhere. Cause this was just a behemoth of a movie and it won, uh, what? Five Academy Awards. No. Th- thir- 13. 13. Did Dude, it? Yeah. Did it win 13 though? Yeah. Okay. So it won 13 Academy one, Awards. Ben-Hur
0: and Lord of the Rings. And Lord of the Rings. true. The right, King. right,
1: right. No, I'm, I was sorry. I'm confusing it with Braveheart. Braveheart was five. Uh, no, it won 13 Academy Awards, including best picture and best director. For a very good reason, guys. This movie just was a monument. I, it's a filmmaking in terms of at least for this, and I'll say it with it, I'll leave it with that, is the best dramatic special effects movie I've ever seen in my entire life.
0: Here,
2: here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. And uh that's what I'm here to do today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I,
0: this movie can, definitely we- does not. To suffer from Superman 2 <laughs>
2: syndrome <laughs> 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 oh man I'm
1: sorry I choked a little bit on that one that's all little- right but,
2: Peter, we got we got some fans that agree with you, and some fans that definitely disagree with you on to, Superman Two oh, Syndrome.
1: Oh, Okay, gotcha, gotcha, I understand. But I will say, guys, I will say, and I, and I'm going to quote the late great Bill Paxton uh, on this movie. Every time I watch this movie, it it gets me every time, man. So it I, it really does. It is a haunting movie that it even though i know it almost word for word because i've seen it so many times it just leaves me thinking about it and just being mesmerized by the whole experience over and over again and uh it's truly amazing
2: yeah guys I would like to read the back of this double VHS set. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was a
1: double VHS. Can you explain huh? to the the, you know, the, <laughs> the whippersnappers in this group <laughs> what the double <laughs> VHS is? <laughs>
2: Well, back in the day, um, they used to make VHS cassettes that we would be able to rent from movie theaters, movie theaters, movie stores. Regardless, sometimes a movie was so long
1: like that it could
2: not fit on one tape, <laughs> and so you had to get two, and that also helped when you were viewing at home because you could take a break and go pee in between <laughs> watching the next tape an intermission uh, that you could
1: not do in the theater. <clears throat> Guys, now. Titanic is so long. By the way, that like even the special edition DVD set that came out maybe like five years ago is two DVDs. Like, or wow. one, no, no, maybe I it was
0: like, three. I, I, it's three DVDs. I mean, well, one there's of there's is the behind discs. the scenes. Yeah, so but it's but it
1: was two. two. Like, it breaks mm-hmm. it up right before the sinking. Yes. It cuts it up because it just couldn't fit all in one CD. So. Uh, It's also
2: like the perfect intermission point. And that's also something for our young listeners. Movies sometimes would have intermissions. Uh, Hasn't been since about the 70s since that happened. But I digress. I will read the back of VHS tape one. And then I will read the back of VHS tape two. Wow. So tape one goes... Nothing on Earth can rival the epic spectacle and breathtaking grandeur of Titanic, the sweeping love story that sailed into the hearts of moviegoers around the world. Ultimately emerging as the most popular motion picture of all time, Leonardo DiCaprio and Oscar nominee Kate Winslet light up the screen as Jack and Rose, the young lovers who find one another on the maiden voyage of the unsinkable RMS Titanic. But when the doomed luxury liner collides with an iceberg in the frigid North Atlantic, their passionate love affair becomes a thrilling race for survival. From acclaimed filmmaker James Cameron comes a tale of forbidden love and courage in the face of disaster that triumphs as a true cinematic masterpiece. Now, tape two. (laughs) 1,500 people went into the sea when Titanic sank from under us six were saved from the water myself included six out of 1500 afterward the 700 people in the boat had nothing to do but wait wait to die wait to live wait for an absolution which would never come and that was a quote but they don't say who it's from it might be right. molly brown
0: but wow well.
2: well. yeah
0: you know what I, I like? I, I've talked about this before, but I'm a real big sucker for openings, and the yes. opening for this movie was just the waves on the ocean, and then the word, the name Titanic.
1: Oh, and it starts with that footage of the ti- yeah. of the well. I think it's like recreated to look like yeah. old footage, but the, the of the of the voyage starting off, and that haunting James Horner score yes. too.
0: And and mm-hmm. but for me, it was like this when I see that the title screen. Of this film is like it gives me this feeling of just an ominous, like an ominous feeling about something that a disaster is about to happen. But you know, you, you don't know. You know, you, there's no escape from it. You know,
2: goosebumps. Well, t- I, I'm getting goosebumps is, of it just
1: of I'm just talking right about now it. Too.
2: You know, and like it is part of history. So whether or not you know that the details of The Titanic sinking itself, especially in 1997. Right. Even if you hadn't seen a trailer to the movie and you were taken in blindfolded, like you still know that there was a luxury ship that sank that, you know, didn't have enough lifeboats or is a huge tragedy. Right. And you're right, Peter. As the movie opened, you are, it is a magic trick. Of being taken back in time, it's more than just seeing something that is representing the past. Uh, there is a trick that maybe you guys know. I don't know, but it it feels like. I I mean maybe maybe I've got rose covered glasses on here, but like I I was taken back, and it was for exciting sure. for me to watch <clears throat> this movie again. And I had not seen this movie. Well, it's Since not just... Since probably I, 1998.
1: Yeah, wow. exactly. Wow. Really? Wow. Because I, I tend yeah. to watch it like every year or two just because, you know, it's it's such an icon. But I, you know, Peter, what you're talking about the opening credits, it's funny. Like, I remember I was living in Columbia at the time and I went with my friend, my mom and my sister to go see the film. And I just remember that that opening waves with the titles mm-hmm. really hit me. And I remember remembering that, like yep. just just kind of like wow, like look at this title sequence. So when you bring that up, then it you know now I know that it, it that is a byproduct of just the filmmaking because it struck a chord mm-hmm. with so many people apparently. You know well, right? I mean,
0: like the movie itself <clears throat> is a a Titanic. Yes. Movie. Yes. I mean, yes. let's face it, this this movie, the title of this film is a double entendre. Cause yeah, we know that the ship's name was Titanic, right? But the movie itself, the sheer scale, yes. the sheer amount of work yes. that yes. went into it, and then the size, the double VHS tapes that you're talking about. Is Titanic in and of itself? It is a Titanic, colossal endeavor. You know what? You know, to, even to watch the whole film the, is Titanic. But you, <laughs> know? you know
1: what? I will say. Let's talk about that running time. And obviously, there's going to be a lot said about this movie because it is a big, big movie. But I never felt when I saw the movie, I never felt the three hours and fourteen minutes. I, I it stream. It actually it went by so fast. And rewatching mm-hmm. it last night, I know I. I think I went to bed like at two in the morning. And I still was like wired after because it was it, it went by like I started watching and I don't know like ten o'clock at night and and then I was like whoa like this or no it was like eleven I think but what like, is it, the total runtime on it three hours 14 three hours minutes. whoa and yeah. and I never feel that but I will say that there are kind of two movies within Titanic one is the love story and then the second movie is the sinking of the Titanic it mm-hmm. is really kind of divided in that but. It is done so well that it is like expertly executed in the way that like just streamlines to me. Like the movie flows so well.
0: The, well. Ex- the, the the attention to detail as far as you know the, especially when they're getting on the ship and it's starting to pull out of harbor and the you know <clears> the <throat> propellers going and the and I'm just wondering, in my mind they made the the what was it White Line Star uh, the White
1: the White Star Line
0: White Star Line. They made three of these ships. They made the Olympic,
1: the Britannic, the, Br- the
0: Titanic and then the Britannic. The, yeah. And they named the two, the first two after what Roman gods? I think. Uh, yeah, they named the first two after Roman gods. So the Titanic was a little bit bigger than the Olympic. So yeah. the Olympic gods got angry and sunk the Titanic and the Britannic. Well, yeah, the Britannic because, got sunk in World War Two. No, uh, was it World War Two? Yeah, it got
1: torpedoed. Oh, wow. I thought
0: it was a mine. Oh,
1: it, it or mine. A, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it was in World War II. My point is, ship. is yeah. that
0: the Olympic <laughs> gods, Zeus and 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 Poseidon, they got yeah. ticked off at, at man size. naming a greater ship after the Titans, who they defeated in ancient oh, Roman, Roman wow. mythology. It's ancient so mythology. funny how
1: many ominous things you think about when you think about just the story of Titanic, excluding the movie. I think that's also why the movie is so impactful because it is such a mystifying. And wondrous. I I don't like to describe a tragedy like that, but but there is such a wondrous appeal that like it it kind of captivates you, this this crazy tragedy of this ship that was thought to be unsinkable and everything. But I want to take it back real quick to the movie, and I want to talk about two things. One I want to mention at one point is the um the way that James Cameron pitched this film, because I think it's important from a filmmaker standpoint to review that. And the next thing I want to talk about. Let's 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 start with the cinematic openings of the, this movie's. Uh, this movie starts in the present, and it has one of the best cinematic openings I've ever seen. On top of just the credits, where, when you're going down to the wreck and everything like that, like the wreck you're seeing in Titanic, the movie is the actual Titanic wreck. Wow. James Cameron Mind went blowing. down there, and I'll tie that into the pitch later when you know we make our comments on this. But we introduce Brock. Brock Lovett's character. We introduced Rose's character as an old lady. And all of it, like on the the show, it is so cinematically well done. It is something that captivates your interest. It, you see these character moments, like when Rose is getting off the helicopter and all the bags are coming off and they're saying, doesn't you know, travel light, right? But like all this buildup to this mystery of the story, it is so, so well done that even like when we go to the past and we see Rose climb out of that car, that yeah. shot from overhead, that yeah. swings, it is so cinematically well done to introduce you to the characters in the world that Titanic just grabs you from the beginning and boom, you're, you're mm, along for the ride. Never let's go.
2: <laughs> well, Cameron's a fucking fantastic at putting you right into the world of his films. Like, look at the beginning of T2. You know what I mean? Like the skull getting crushed and you were just like, it's so okay, good. I'm in the middle of the war zone, you know? And then in Titanic being underwater and seeing all that, God, yeah. you're absolutely right, Rob.
0: He does have that ability to really put you into that world and make you and mesmerize you to the point of like, wow, I I'm actually
1: living this experience with these people on screen and movies guys. Unfortunately, as I was, I, I watched this movie on, in full HD, which I don't think I've ever watched in HD before. And I was blown away at how the effects are holding up. You know, I can see some things, you know, being an effects guy. And, you know, I can see through, you know, a little bit of the smoke and mirrors. But the thing about this is that nobody makes movies like this anymore. Nobody. Like a movie like that, you don't, the look and feel of this movie. Like, I don't see that in modern day film, unfortunately. Well, you
0: know, to, to, uh, continue your point. This movie is so good that it is, it, I think, apart from maybe The Matrix, it is the most memed movie ever. Okay, first you have. And then you have uh, uh, the rose the rose kiss the, oh, yeah, the first kiss on the on the bow of the ship
1: and right? draw me like your French girls uh,
0: and then uh, no mm-hmm. the, and then the and then the art scene like when right. when he draws her
1: Jack I want you to draw me like one of your French girls wearing this all right
0: wearing only this but then the most meaned, especially today the most memed scene. And uh, all the, uh, you know, the, all those are good. Yeah. But the most mean one <laughs> is when <laughs> Jack's trying to get on the raft and he can't get on the piece of wood because uh, right. so
1: now everyone's all like, he could have survived too. You know that James Cameron addressed that, right, guys? <clears throat> no. So apparently, you know, it's like 20 years later and, and like they're asking him, like, well, like, why couldn't Jack just climb? Like, they could both fit. And he's like, listen, guys, this is an art full film. It's art, right? He was never going to make it, is what he said, right? He was going (laughs) to die whether a smokestack fell on him or he – Like Jack was not going to live because he wanted that to be – The film is about death. He said it's about separation. It's about death at the end of the day. And he's like – What he thinks is so amazing, though, is he created a character that Leo played so endearingly that nobody wanted him to die at the end of the movie. And that's why you yeah. feel that death and why you want him to live. Because honestly, he's not the main character, by the way, guys. It's Rose. Rose is the mm-hmm. main character of this movie. Absolutely. But yeah. he is the reason she lives at the end. Like, she, he is literally the reason, he saves her, like she says in the movie. So I thought that was kind of cool that Cameron finally addressed I do that. too.
2: One, I think that it's it's like, Especially, Peter, you're talking about the memes. It's, you know, people like to have fun with these sort of things. Like, I figured this out that all these, like, Hollywood experts missed in their movie. But it's like, no, 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 no. I wrote the story. It doesn't matter what it might look like to you right now. But I am trying to tell a story. And that story involves loss. And that story involves you know, emotion and connections that we make and how they can be broken at any point in time. And it, quite frankly, it's cool that Cameron addressed that, but also (laughs) he didn't have to, you know? No, he really didn't. And I think that like, it's, I mean, I'm glad that he wants to respond to people and stay engaged with, you know, your fans and whatnot. But like, just that extra step about thinking about the story craft and like, what a movie can do to evoke emotion out of you. I mean, yeah. say what you will about treacly strings in movies and stuff, but you use soundtracks. You use the song, the iconic My Heart Will Go On song in this right. to aid the storytelling and what you're trying to get across. And I think that whether that be the death of, uh jack in this film or whether that be the strings rising when they're kissing on the bow of the boat you know like this is about evolved relationships i'm explaining what you guys are already agreeing with me on but you understand what i'm getting at like
1: i want to pose a question rob uh and i think i want to pose it and i think we should answer it at the end of the podcast but okay uh, do you guys think? And Peter, Peter actually called me earlier this morning <laughs> to ask me <laughs> this question. Like you know, like because I think t- Titanic just, like I said, it just sticks with you. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a. I, I can't even describe it in words as what this film is emotionally for uh, for people. But um, is Titanic a perfect movie? Right, and I think we should address that at the end. Uh, But the seed is planted now. The seed is planted now, uh, and I think we should address a couple things, but I want to take it back real quick to how Cameron pitched this movie again. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wanted to hear about that. So Cameron is one of the, you know... Most famous directors ever. You know, by the time he was making Titanic, I think it was like about 43. He had a couple of successes under his belt. <coughs> Terminator 2. <laughs> Terminator <laughs> true 1. Lies. Yeah, true <laughs> lies. True lies. <laughs> I mean,
0: Terminator 1. Aliens. You want to go Right, aliens. That?
1: And you know what? I'll actually throw in a little anecdote about it, aliens as well. But this guy learned how to pitch. And, and I don't think anybody but Cameron could have made Titanic the way that it was, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason, the way that he went in and he pitched it to the studio was, one, right? He actually loves underwater exploration and he wanted to dive down to the Titanic wreck, but he needed the studio or someone with a lot of money to finance that. So he's like, well, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to write a movie around the Titanic so that I can go and explore this thing. Right. And he went into the studio and he basically said, Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. And that was his pitch. Wow. Whoa. And, you know, then he later said, hey, and, you know, marketing-wise, we're going to be able to, you know, telegraph, we're going to be able to film the real wreck and we can use that as a marketing so people can see the real wreck on film and stuff. But he was just bullshitting them. He was just saying. Like, This is an added bonus to me going down to the Titanic and then making this behemoth of a movie. (laughs) Oh, by the way, it's going to cost you about $200 million in 1997.
0: (laughs) Nowadays, like studios are all like, today, studios
1: are all like, eh, we'll make Valerian. Why not? (laughs) $200 million. (laughs) You know, but back then, that was a huge gamble on a disaster movie, Um, which, by the way, guys, do you guys agree with the PG 13 rating of this movie? What other rating would you give it? Titanic was initially supposed to be rated R. Why? Because, because of the death scenes? It's one, the 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 disaster violence. Okay. Two, there's uh curse words in it. There's a lot of shits and a couple of fucks in it. And was there fucks? Yeah, well, he's holding the ticket in his fucking hand. Or I'm sorry, his I... hand, or whatever. That one. Oh, okay. Uh she gives the finger and stuff like that. And there's nudity in the movie. And
0: I will say I think the reason why it's PG thirteen is is because it really happened. You know what I mean? The the context of the film. It actually happened. So that's why that's why uh, I think the ratings board was all like, uh, ah, everyone needs to see this because it's historic, you know, it's a history, yeah. historical, you know it, it based on historical events.
1: But you know what though? It was actually once again Cameron going to the MPAA uh-huh. and saying, guys, the studio spent a crap ton of money on this movie you cannot make this rated R. Like Mm. he basically convinced them that this needed to be PG-13 so that it could recover the amount of... And because it was... And again, you know, I don't think that there's ugly, horrible things in this movie where you're like, that was really disturbing. But it is a an emotional powerhouse of a movie. Like, well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. At the ending
0: of the film, when the stern—well, there is, is there is when one when part. the stern is coming up, and then the stern is and you see the propellers, right, and it right, just right. comes back down. Right. That's disturbing. Well, no, actually, and you're
1: you're right. I, I forgot about the. There is a moment too when they're looking through the frozen bodies. It's pretty disturbing. There's a woman with a but, baby that's frozen like that. It is rough. So that would it's have got. Rough, I mean, but that movie really is supposed to be rated R.
0: Well, we're not talking Saw here. I mean, like, come on. Right, right. We're not talking
1: that level of disturbing, but it is a movie that, like, if by today's standards that movie came out, like, it actually would have gotten a rated R rating because of the nudity alone, you know?
2: Unless someone could go talk to the ratings board and be like, hey, we're going (laughs) to make more money if you don't do that. And, which is, God, it's so frustrating to be like, I mean, you guys probably have a better experience or knowledge of this uh, having made films, but like it just feels frustrating to know that like there are arbitrary rules that can be bent with the right persuasion. I mean, that's everything in this world.
0: I got a question for you guys. Do you think that there's any buried treasure in that in that
1: uh, ship still? Like you mean, like, is there a heart of the ocean down there? Yeah. Or a diamond. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do, I, I'm, I'm assuming that now pretty much any artifact that is recovered from the Titanic is worth quite a bit. Just from yeah. the standard of how to recover it and everything like that. But I think people have shunned so against anything
2: it. would be treasure at this point. Is that what you're saying? But I don't know. There
1: I'm sure there's diamonds and stuff down there. There's a lot of wealth on that ship. All right, guys. We got to go to the (laughs) Titanic. Well, if you want to dive... I'm ringing James. Yeah, yeah. If you want to dive two and a half miles underwater uh, to get there in in a small submersible that is probably smaller... like I think the space to fit people is smaller than a car. Wow. So... I don't know, man. That's crazy. I don't know if I feel 100% about one of them. Here's a good question
0: for you guys because uh, in watching this, and especially toward the end of the film, Things get chaotic very, very quickly on that uh, ship. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. Like when people start sensing the doom is near, the end is nigh, they start like like we just I don't know what it is. It's just everything just gets chaotic, right?
1: Yeah. I got a question. Human nature, man. Yeah, exactly. You know that they tried to depict the sinking as much in real time as they possibly could. That's yes. why that it's the longer portion of the film, but it, it's made that way to kind of simulate the real time aspect of the sinking.
0: Wow. Well, um, so here's my question. So that the dread can sit in. Exactly. What if we were in that
1: situation, what would we do? You know, I was thinking about that last night, actually. But the thing is, I'm coming in it with knowledge that this fucking ship's going to sink, right? Well, I mean, like at a certain point, guys. What, What class are we? (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm that in makes the a difference
1: playing the drum
0: i'm in the basement playing the drum too so we're okay so we're doing the we're challenging the th- one we're, the, we're doing we're it the, from third class us three are third class citizens <laughs> there we go baby we got the real struggle coming up <laughs> all right
1: uh rob you as go? much as
2: i'd love to wear a tuxedo every day oh, yeah hell right. no
1: slick <laughs> your hair back and have some brandy and cigars Hey, I could do that anyway, I guess. <laughs> hey, Rob. So, what, if you <laughs> yeah. were on this ill-fated voyage and you were a third-class passenger, what what would you do in this situation? Well,
2: let's say I get past the locked-off gate. Yeah, right. What the hell was up with like, that, right? That's that's just that's fucking class system bullshit. That is from, cruel. In, Yeah, cruel and unusual just because of money. Um, And let's face it, probably a whole bunch of other things. But um, I think I would definitely be pacing around the boat. I would be trying to... I would know that the end is coming or something dangerous is happening. I would definitely not know that the boat was going to split in half. Um, I'd probably be thinking it was just going to slowly sink at the level it is at. And I would be looking to see what the boat' system is like, and then, as I started to realize what was going on, like I think I would have to a morally and of the time, you know be the women and children first. You just understand that this is what happens you know? right um these are the the these are the rules we follow as human beings, and especially kids you know like if i am my age there is someone else who has much more of a life to live but i would seriously be getting in the ear of some people who work on the titanic and being like can you give me the lowdown here because like if i'm not getting on one of these boats i am breaking into the liquor cabinet and the cigars and i am (laughs) going to fucking relax and join guggenheim
1: and go down as a gentleman Or at
2: least, like, not be spending my last waking moments alive, like, in a panic. Right, right, right. Yeah, and sober. I also have anxiety issues, so, like, give me that brandy. Let me calm down a little bit. I
1: think for me, you know, it's funny because, like, when I first watched this, I think I was, like, 12 or 13 at the time. Um, your mind is in a different place, but as you get older, you kind of start to realize like the dangers of it all. And yeah. like you're like, because you I did like many times as I was rewatching it last night. I many times put myself in that situation. I was like, man, what would I do, man? Like if I was trapped on this ship and then I thought about it, I was like, well, if I like obviously because I know the ship's going to sink. I was like, well, man, I would have just tried to grab tables or anything that floats to try sure. to make a raft of some sort like just instead of waiting to get on a boat i'd be like hey let's grab a couple of buddies let's string some shit together that floats dress as warmly as i possibly can and try to take my chances with that before the ship starts going under the thing is that everyone back in this day seriously believe seriously sorry believed that this ship was not going to sink they thought it was unsinkable
0: yeah isn't there a picture of like the the makers like Throwing their fists up in the heavens, and saying God Himself can't sink the yeah, ship. Yeah, there
1: is. They defied God, and that's why there's a lot of uh, mystery surrounding. Because they're like, well, did God sink the ship? Because they the were defied. Yeah, and then <laughs> the other thing is, you know, so many people like if if you see any documentaries about it, after the ship, like they literally they just went back to their rooms. They they thought that this was like okay, it was just a minor thing until the, the bow started to go under. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, what the, f- the hell is happening?" And then the panic broke out. Um, obviously it was poorly handled and there's a lot of things to go into it, but I think I would have done that. I think I would have tried to craft some sort of raft, wrap up in as many layers as possible. Or there's one shot where this dude, as the ship hasn't really like gone into panic mode yet, but it, the, the bow is kind of under at this point and they're lowering some lifeboats. And a few people fall over and land in the water, but it wasn't like a big fall for them, right? Mm -hmm. They're still swimming. I was like, well, why not just jump there and then try to swim one of the lifeboats and be like, what, you're going to leave me out here to die? Like, get get me up in here. And they might have taken you in because it's before the point that like thousands of people hit the water. Well, you got to realize, too,
0: like some of these boats were not being uh, filled to capacity. They were just being half filled, you know, quarter filled. It was not, you know, so that would have given you a chance, too. Um
1: what would you have done Peter?
0: Oh. I would have found an axe and I would have probably like <laughs> yeah. cut some wood up and uh and and made and made a raft, you know, kind of like the raft that um that uh, Rose would ended up on, you know. Peter like, and I
1: made it. Peter and I made it. Boom baby. I would have
0: like <laughs> and then I probably would have gotten a couple of a uh, couple of bottles of brandy yeah. because um I because I I'm taking from both of you guys because uh brandy keeps you warm. Guys. You know? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're out there, you're drinking a little bit, you're keeping your body warm, you know, you're rubbing your chest, your arms would take care of themselves. Uh, Batman begins, everybody. Yeah. And uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you just float out there for a minute. The one thing that would have probably freaked me out is like, okay, is anybody coming to save us? Because the one shot that really, really spelled the, like, you know, just, just, how do I say it? Spell the doom for me in this yeah, movie or like I think you know, know just, what you're thinking. Yeah, it was that one shot where they're shooting up the firecrackers yep. and it was a wide shot. Yeah, and it was darkness all around the ship. And you have this one speck of light coming from the ship. Right. And then the fireworks going up to signal where they're at, and everything else is darkness. It's just like
1: utterly alone.
0: Utterly alone.
1: Yeah, that that. You're right. I mean, I just, as soon as you said that, Peter, I was like, that. I know that he's thinking about that shot because yes. it does spell doom like nobody's coming.
0: Yes, exactly. And you are alone. The one thing that I will say that, that is working in your favor is you don't have to worry about sharks.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, not the in the Atlantic at that time. But you know what's... <sighs> It's funny, like, you look at some of the documentaries back then, too, They apparently there was a ship that went by that was actually, because apparently passengers, like, testimony says they saw the lights from a ship, but that apparently that ship thought the fireworks were a celebration and that Titanic was it, and they ignored the call. Like, there, there's a huge documentary. Who's on the radio? Who's on uh, the radio? I, I don't know what it is. I, there's a documentary about it. It was about the ship that supposed because it. Like supposedly the ship didn't see anybody because there was a phenomenon that happened that night in the water that made – it was like a stream of this cold water that comes in and it makes the ocean as calm as a pond. Like it's like a flat water thing and you see that in the movie. Like it's like this flat water that looks like a pool, right? That happens and apparently it creates this fogging effect or whatever that like a ship from far away would not see the lights of Titanic and that they wouldn't know where wow. it was because apparently they did answer the distress call and they didn't see anybody. So like there's a whole thing about it. Um I don't know how much we want to get into the whole thing about Titanic. I, I feel like we we digress, but uh I say
2: listeners leave it as a rating and review on our
1: <laughs> Apple podcast cuz I want
2: to hear more about that. But um,
1: um I want to bring up something guys. Like let's let's talk about uh, before we get into this, more of the sinking and stuff like that, like I am one to thoroughly enjoy the love story in this movie. I don't know about you guys.
2: I am glad you brought that up, Rob, because this... Uh, I'm going to get a little personal on you guys. Do it. Yeah, do it. This was the first time I saw my dad tear up. Really? Was at Titanic. Wow. And this was, I think... The third time I had seen it in theaters, I saw it three times in theaters, once with my mom, once with friends, once with my dad. Um, and I was in junior high and we were we're all relatively around the same age. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of me who. At that time, 1997, I had not a whole lot of world experience, not a whole lot of emotional experience, a lot of parent defiance in you know junior high. But, like, a part of me, I remember turning and seeing my dad and, you know, just seeing, like, a tear and being, like, the initial thought was, like, oh, my God, eye roll. My dad's crying. But then immediately being hit with, like, why? Why is, you know, like, and then, like, thinking about that. Like, oh, it's because, you know, this is this is love, you know, or this is what people want to achieve in terms of love. Yeah. You know, this is like something, this is a connection between Rose and Jack that people long for. And as I've grown older, I respect that even more. And I mean, quite frankly, this wasn't soon after my parents' divorce. And so it all started clicking the older I got, you know? And then like re-watching it this time as a movie, I was just like, Oh my god, I am so glad I didn't like say anything to my dad. You know, you always like put your foot in the mouth when you're like young and talking to adults. Oh, tell me about it. Thank God. But it was such an eye-opening moment for me that like it's a tragedy, which is emotional. It is historical, which is emotional. But there is this like I mean, fictional love story that is done to a point that is just so ideal. And it's just hit. It's hit with an iceberg, you know. Like it's crazy. So that's that's where I come in on that part. It was it was a big moment, a big life realization, I should say. But that's even, amazing.
1: I mean, Peter, what do you think about the whole love story?
0: Um, I mean it's it's a it's a very well done love story. Um, I actually. You know, it's it's enjoyable. Uh, I I don't know. I I, uh, like it's just a love story to (laughs) me. To to me, though, the reason (laughs) why I'm not I don't have the sensitive side. (laughs) Maybe, but it's
1: not so much about the sensitive side of it. I think for me, is like the entertainment value of the part of the portion of the movie without the sinking. Because you know, obviously, well, like what I see
0: about the whole situation is that she's obviously intrigued by by Jack. You know, she's obviously on a quote unquote slave ship. Yeah. traveling with this guy who she doesn't love at all. It's an arranged marriage. You yeah, in a, a time a where... I mean, by the way, yeah. Billy Zane just kills Yeah, no, he's so <laughs> he's good at so this so man. He was supposed to be like Seething. a... Seething. Yeah, I know, right? He was supposed to be like a big movie star, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh... You know, know what? what like, to I'm gonna tell you... Other than Zoolander, this is the only thing I see him.
2: Listen to your friend Billy Zane. He's a cool dude.
1: But you know what though, I I gotta tell you guys, (laughs) I don't know why Hollywood disregards. I think it's because Billy Zane went bald and like he lost his boyish good looks because like he was he was like a different. He's not like he's not the Leo good-looking type of dude, but he was like a different, like classic good-looking sort of a movie star. But he is a phenomenal actor. Oh yeah, like he is really good, and I don't understand why he hasn't had a resurgence because that guy is. Damn. Well, actually, he was in, he was in a show. Uh, I forget what show, and yeah. he was doing really. But he gets killed in the first two episodes or something.
0: Well, I'm as far as the love story goes. Yeah, it's um, you know, it. I mean, it's something that she was hiding for her entire life, and finally, you know, her seeing the ship, the Titanic, brought it out of her. You yeah, know?
3: like, uh, and uh,
0: you know, yeah. I think that maybe, maybe I'm being too cynical here, but the, she should have maybe helped her kids out with the with the jewel
1: with the heart of the ocean. she could have helped <laughs> she could have helped multiple generations which with by that. the way that diamond would have been worth about 200 to 300 million dollars because if it's worth yeah. more than the hope diamond that's kind of the estimated value of the hope diamond yeah. is about 250 to 300 million
0: yeah. so i think honestly she was a little selfish on that part, uh, but, really,
1: you know, yeah I, Politico.
2: but I mean, I will say, and we might get into this towards talking about it being a perfect movie sure. um, in terms of a script. But Peter, you know, wealth ruined her life true, until true. she met Jack True. so that's well, something to no, think it's, about it's, as well here's
0: the thing like I'm just being cynical but as far as the metaphor real
2: easy to say wealth ruins your life when you're wealthy <laughs> but
0: well the meta, um, the metaphorical design of that entire of the hope diamond is like right. her I mean not the hope diamond the but heart the, of the, ocean. the heart of the ocean is that her heart is still with Jack you know right I mean? right that's right, why and, and right. she mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. she still held on to that heart and then she decided to give it back to the ocean right with Jack right. you know so I get I understand the, uh, the
2: true I understand no, I, I the think messaging it also, behind it
1: but it ties into Brock Lovett's story too where like at the end he's talking to Lizzie who's now James Cameron's wife by the way that actress uh, the blonde oh. girl yeah <laughs> Interesting. And, he, and he throws away the cigar and he says I was saving this for when I find the diamond and it's like at that point he realizes like He's only ever been about the treasure and the super. He doesn't. He never realized that this was so tragic. And he even says he's like, "I three years and I never let it in, and now he did, Mm -hmm. and he's changed in the sense that like wealth and all that is just so insignificant to the whole tragedy that happened." And and I think that's the whole point is that why Rose let that go or whatever. But I will say, going back to that whole love story, like as a drama movie, like as as like as you know as as a dramatic movie or whatever it is a thoroughly engaging story for me like i am hooked every i'm never bored i'm interested in the characters i think the acting i think the cast in this movie was perfect i think everybody here does such a good job um i believed every one of those characters i believed i was on the ship and i and i was along for the ride and then when when the ship hits the iceberg i almost kind of at some points i'm like "Wait, wait, wait wait but like no like let's not let's not it's not ruined this yet. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it gets thrown into chaos and now we're in this, uh, this, you know, disaster tragedy movie. Uh, But that, and that's, I think, why Titanic just keeps getting me every time. It's, it's just so thoroughly entertaining for me.
2: Well, and Rob, I'll say like a little while back you were talking about how it's like two movies in one. I would almost say that it's easy to watch because it's three movies in one because you get like, you're right. Uh, Jack Jack's fish out of water story and like we get to learn about the Titanic through him because he could only dream of ever being on the Titanic and so could we as an audience mm. and so then you get that then it like seamlessly merges with the love story which seamlessly merges with the ship sinking and it's like the moment we are like really into one of the stories it like transitions into that next story and it's it. yeah it's so easy to watch because it's just such a well done three stories quilt
1: i guess you know it's a titanic story i didn't think about this but like yeah you know leo dicaprio's played romeo twice he played it in romeo and juliet with basil erman's uh Mm -hmm. film Uh. and now he's playing it on the titanic but i will say when you know when when i was 13 it was like for guys, it was, like, kind of cool to hate on Leo, you know what I mean? Because he was, like, <laughs> the, the oh, teenage yeah. heartthrob, all the girls were into him. And, you know, as, as a guy, you're like, ah, fuck this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't like him. Like, I did not like him. And I went to go see this movie, and that shifted the like for me. What huh. really hit the nail in the coffin for me later was the man in the iron mask, because then I was like, this this dude can act. But um, I yeah really well
2: I remember being at the skating rink and I admitted to a girl that uh I liked Leo's performance in Titanic. That's the wow. thing. And then she asked me to couple skate. Well, like, that's <laughs> the thing is <laughs> Got that it.
1: like every girl loved Leo, right? But then man, you couldn't help but love him either. Cause he's such a positive, up thinking soul in that's this true. movie. Like he's just such a great guy that you, you know, he's a poor guy that you know, he says it on that sh- on on that dinner scene. He's like, "I got the air in my lungs and a few blanks. sheets." But he's just got an optimistic view mm-hmm. on life. where you're like, you know what, dude? Like, I can't hate on you, man. Like, no. you're so right. You know, <laughs> like, and 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 yeah. we all need to take a little bit out of Jack Dawson's uh, book. I feel like
0: I try like, to I try to live my life as Jack Dawson. You know, just uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have that positive <laughs> attitude, baby.
2: That's gonna be. That's going to be our new shirt. I try and live my life like Jack Dawson, yeah, you know. Other, we're than, here telling uh, people other
1: that, than Superman 2 syndrome. <laughs> 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 we're telling people here to bash their faces in with ice if they haven't seen this movie. Jack Dawson's probably going like, "Hey man, you know, maybe just have like a drink and enjoy, you know, enjoy the film or something." You, you know, go. he'd be the pacifist in yeah, it. Yeah, dance on a table. Yeah, which by the way, what a fantastic Dude. sequence, man. Oh, what a yeah. fantastic really like sequence. That. that that, you know, the Irish Celtic drum music and then dan- I, I love that scene.
0: I liked uh, when she was all like, oh, totally. you think you're big tough man, and then she does the ballet pose. I'm like, Oh,
1: oh yeah. man! So here's another thing, you know, and and we don't have to get too into it because obviously, you know, it's we're three guys commenting on this, yeah, but course. but this is a topic for debate, in my opinion. That in films, like, you know, we're living in an era of of new feminism and stuff, and a lot of people are saying, well, you know, like there aren't really any strong women, roles for women. Lately. And I look back to James Cameron, and I'm like, this guy brilliantly depicts women and knows how to write powerful female characters. Because if you look about it, who's the main character in The Terminator? Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Sarah Lynn Connor. Sarah. Who is the main character in True Lies? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee, yeah, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, it's yeah. not Arnold. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Who's the main character in Titanic? Rose. You know what I mean? Like, who's the main character in Avatar? It, it's Jake Sully, but he's he's next to Nate, who is a sm he and wait, let's not forget, even though he didn't do the first film, Aliens. Film. Ripley yeah. is the is the star of the show. This guy knows how to make Powerful, like he—he he just knows how to capture powerful well, female characters. Uh,
0: well, I think that I think that uh, Rose's character—it was she wasn't powerful at first, but she, her power. She finds she her power. She finds her power.
1: Yes,
2: you know, but that—that that is power yes. in
1: being able to write
2: a character that has that arc. Yes, yes. that's yes.
1: amazing. Yes, and we all—I don't um, know anybody here. Uh, at least that I know that have seen Titanic, they go like, you know what? I really kind of disliked Rose's character in this. You movie. Know what? I, I thought she was dislike- great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
0: I kind of dislike, I'm
3: kidding.
2: <laughs> so before we get to perfect script uh, or perfect film discussion, I did want to ask you guys if you had any uh, memories that stuck out to you from the Titanic fever. And I can start because I definitely have one that like, okay, so I admitted that I had seen this movie three times. Right. It was kind of hard to avoid because it was being pre Internet that we have now. It's like if you're hanging out with people and you're going to do something, you're going to the movie theaters. And if Titanic's in the theater and only one person hasn't seen it, the group is going because you have to see this movie. Yeah. But I remember sitting in like my English class or something, and there was uh, another young woman who sat behind me who was so enthralled in titanic lore that I remember it being a topic of discussion amongst a lot of people. And then it dwindles a little bit. And then it dwindles a little bit. But then she kept bringing it up. And then one day, I remember we were watching a movie in class And I just was like cracking my back or something. And I turned around and she is reading a different fictionalized Titanic book. Wow. Like, not even a historical book. I'm sure it was based on like certain aspects of it, but it was a different story taking place on the Titanic. And I was just like, wow, they got you hook, line, and sinker. Like, I was just thinking about that. And like, I haven't thought about another movie that has crossed that many paths into like wanting people to like learn more about it or just like live in that universe of Titanic except for maybe Jurassic Park, which we've already covered on this podcast. But like that was more just like, I want to learn about dinosaurs. And I don't know. It was that plus like every ABC special and all of these like, little news clips and everything but i don't know did anything ever stick out to you it's amazing
0: that you say that about um about you know wanting to learn more about certain things it's amazing what kind of effect a film can have on your psyche you know Mm -hmm. it's like oh jurassic park i want to learn about dinosaurs oh titanic oh i want to learn about the titanic you know uh apollo 13 i want to learn about space exploration right you know um what stuck out to me i remember uh I just <laughs> I remember the 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 popcorn the popcorn uh, containers in the theaters wow, just all yeah. had the Titanic on them oh, and then the it was same the bow, with the soda like the, bow yeah. the, yeah. ship, right? the yeah. soda cups with the uh, Rose and uh, Jack yeah wow. and I remember those those that that's what really stuck out to me with this movie but more importantly I mean it was uh, more so I, I mentioned it before the memes. Even today, those memes keep going. Yeah. They keep going, baby. You know? Yeah. But the, my heart will go on with those memes. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, so, guys.
1: Also, before we do sign off on a perfect movie, Maybe a I bit. Want to touch on a little bit of the special effects because I think the, that needs to be addressed. Oh after god, this. those special effects are beautiful. Right. Yes, please, but Rob. but I will say to answer your question, Rob. I you know I think my dad bought me like a replica newspaper of the Titanic disaster and stuff like that. And there was it was everywhere. I mean, there was a Broadway musical oh, about yeah. it at one point. Like everybody, every. every, every yeah, my high did school they really? did that. Damn, musical. that's ambitious. <laughs> like, that's ambitious. Insane. Yeah. Well. Yeah. A little come too out? ambitious. Yeah. If, uh, but it was. It was. All, it was drift. everywhere. That's but I good? remember that mm. in Venezuela, right? Like I think I no. I left Colombia because my parents were divorced. I, I went to go move with my dad because he was going to move to New Jersey, and like you know, we were kind of packing up for the last like a, a month in Venezuela right before I went back, and there was this girl that I like fell in love with in my the in the apartment building where my dad lived. Uh, her name was Annie, I remember, and she had this curly, wild hair, sort of like Rose. And I remember that they opened up in Venezuela this attraction, which was kind of like a, you know, like Halloween Horror Nights. They have their mazes and stuff like yep. that. They had a company that was famous yeah, for doing yeah. that in Venezuela at the time. They did one of the Titanic. Oh, God. You probably drowned, right? And no. And we went <laughs> wow. because I was like, dude, I want to see everybody <laughs> want to see it. And I had my little Jack and Rose moment with this girl because I invited wow. her to come. To this thing where it's basically like you are going through the sinking of the Titanic. And, you know, I mean, you get splashed with water and stuff like that. You never actually walk through water or anything like that. But they built a grand staircase kind of and you walk through it and then, you know, there's like dead people everywhere. And then, like, you know, there's a part where you do get up to the top of the boat and they kind of make it look like you're on the deck. Uh, you know, it was, it was a pretty well done attraction. And then at the end, it's like you actually board a lifeboat and then they lower the lifeboat and that's the end of the attraction. But I remember being like smitten wow. at like 14, 13 years old with this girl, like like living my movie Jack Dawson moment. And then I remember we all just went home and like jumped into the pool with our clothes on to make it, you know, because it was cold and at nighttime and yeah. so like just to kind of add to the experience. <laughs> so I think that that was my, my you know. Wow. Titanic fever moment, or whatever.
2: God, that is, that's awesome. I love that we all just like, re, it, it feels like we are reliving the moment, whether it be like the popcorn bucket <laughs> totally. that
0: we got, which is a, a totally. total, a, like it was a Titanic. It was Peter. a Titanic. Are... <laughs> oh, oh,
1: <bucket. laughs> let's, not, let's not, let's not also forget that, that my heart will go on was like on the radio yeah, all the
0: time, every four minutes.
1: What, <laughs> <laughs> <It was>, man? <laughs> i going with that Celine Dion, baby. I I largely think the reason why Celine Dion is so popular is honestly because of that Because of that, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine... I can't name another Celine Dion song. I know they exist, but in my limited scope of music, that is her. Uh, But Rob, do
1: you got some CGI talk? Well, so I do have special effects talk because I think it's important. This movie was... Extremely cutting edge for the time. Um, I will say, guys, watching this in HD, me being an effects guy, I mentioned this earlier, you do see some of the threads now. Like it, but this movie still holds up mm-hmm. ridiculously well for being 20 years old, 23 years old, guys. That's that's something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's looking at me like, oh Absolutely. shit, God. we're that old.
0: Uh, that's worse than hearing Gladiator. <laughs> It was a 23 year
1: old movie and it still holds. I mean, look, I, me being a visual effects guy, like I can see moments where there's green screen because you can kind of tell by the the spill. Um, You know, there's scenes where like where they at the beginning when they're going off and you see the dolphins jumping, they actually photographed a ship sailing. They just Mm -hmm. kind of
2: superimposed
1: the Titanic over it. And I can sort of see the line and stuff like that. You can tell when they're using models and not, but the thing about this movie is that I never once, even watching it now, I don't feel like I'm watching a CG fest of special effects. Yes. It feels real. It feels more organic. It feels more, there's more texture to it because there's a lot of practical effects in the water. And like, I think if Titanic was made now, they would add so much digital water and so much digital crap and like overdo the action to the point where it wouldn't it would kind of take me out of the story i think yes i agree with that speaking of action i like when billy zane's
0: character cal yeah. snaps and he just like yeah. takes the guns and just starts shooting and that, yeah
1: yeah and that water shoots up like a yeah. mile after he shoots the you know down the staircase yeah. and stuff because you know oh, be crazy cool.
2: well it's like just to say what you're talking about, Rob, like take a look at Titanic and then take okay. a look at Greyhound and and you can totally see the difference between, um, in my opinion, tasteful special effects and you are in a green box. That's what I mean, a movie man. That's what I mean. Which movie you, did you know? say? Uh, Greyhound, which is the Tom, Hanks oh, yeah, movie, oh, that one. Uh, World uh, War II. See,
1: but that—that's yeah. the thing. You look. I yeah. even saw the trailers yeah. for that, and I was like, "This looks like a video game to me." And yes. and, and it's sad that we've gotten to that point where yeah. we rely so heavily on CG as the film language. Now that you know, you look back at Titanic, and Titanic was meticulously planned by a, like an obsessive director that was just all about attention to detail, and and I think that. That realism that Titanic brings, if it was mostly CG'd, I don't think it would have been the movie that it was.
0: And it's because of that, I'm going to segue into why it's absolutely, a perfect movie. let's do it. It is a perfect movie because of the Ooh. attention
1: to detail.
0: Wow. To me, you know what I mean? Yes. It's not just the acting, it's not just the story, it's not just the love story, it's not just like, oh, we're going to watch the sinking of this huge ship, but it's the attention to all of those things that make this a perfect movie, including all of the uh, bows and ribbons. Right. You know, you see the engine right. going, the propeller going, you know? All yeah. that stuff, to me, make this a perfect movie.
1: Did you know that the stars that they actually show were accurate to the constellations and everything that were viewed at that time? Like, that's the level of detail, camera. Wow. That, that is amazing. So, Rob, uh, Rob did perfect movie, or, or?
2: Well, this is hard, because... Well, it's... N- it's hard because of only one oh, aspect is? of the film for me. And please <laughs> convince me otherwise oh, okay. if you guys can convince me. But like the attention to detail I love. I love their the interweaving of the storylines. I think the 3 hours and 14 minutes does fly by. I think it is mm-hmm. is paced very well. Um I feel for the characters the majority of the characters that we get to spend time with do seem to have depth, which you could easily you know, skip over in a movie like this. You could just focus on Jack and Rose. But one thing that really jumped out to me is like okay. the present-day okay. sequences. I think that the present-day stuff is okay, um, but when Rose is introduced and she starts telling her story... We Mm -hmm. go back in time and then it is like almost an hour before we come back uh, to the present day. It's like 40 minutes or something. And then we come back to the present day and she's like, and that was the last day that they saw, the Titanic saw light or something like that. Yeah, sunlight. And then we go back into the past. She starts telling her story again. And it's the whole right. draw me like your French girl scene. And then we come back to the present again like 15 minutes later. Wow. And I felt like that broke it up in a, in a way that felt disjointed on this most right. recent watch. Like I didn't need it to gotcha. come back again. And that is what's keeping it from a perfect film for me right now. But I, as I'm even saying that out loud, it didn't stop me from wanting to continue right. on with the movie. You know what I mean? It just that is the one blip where it's like you let me on this roller coaster ride that went for an hour, pulled me out of it, put me back in it, and then it pulled so, me, you know what I mean? It was like why break up right here
1: man cuz I'm going to say hands down for me Titanic okay. is a perfect movie, if not the perfect movie cuz I I I do have, you know, a list of my favorite movies. Titanic is definitely in the top 5. Right, and you know, I you know, for me, I prefer other movies mm-hmm. in terms of like my favorites. But I will say that I think that no, there is no other movie like Titanic. Titanic is a one of a kind phenomenon because it is even even James Cameron can't. Explain I agree. It. He's like yeah. it was just one of those movies that just that movie is perfect. Like, look, the cast is perfect. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack, like the the actual soundtrack, is perfect. The visual effects are perfect. The like everything about it is a it's it, there are no flaws in that movie, and to my opinion, and it's got something for everyone. It's got the love, it's got the intrigue, it's got the drama, it's got the action, it's got everything, and it's so perfectly balanced that to me, and again, I, I told you guys at the beginning of the podcast every time I watch it, it gets me every time. I will be thinking about this movie for weeks now because of the impact that it still carries Mm -hmm. with me every time i watch it it never feels old um i will say that the present day moments serve to cause just enough breaks for the audience in the story to propel you into the next step of the of what's going to happen in the Riven. it's going to prepare you for you know we're going back we're learning about Rosen and stuff like that and it's a while but then we come back and it's like we've been taken on this journey right And now they're going to give you a little bit of a break of that. Mm -hmm. And they're going to explain that this is an important love and they tie it to the present because the ending, and I have a question for you guys, is this is very important that I want to know. The ending is important to end in the present for it to all kind of come together and, and, and like highlight the impact that the tragedy had, right? Yeah. So I think that those present-day moments serve as good little breaks, humorous breaks, because then we're going to be hit with a lot of tragedy. You know what I mean? So I think that it was important to kind of go back in that, right? Yeah. Lastly, though, does Rose die in her sleep at the end of the movie?
2: Ooh. You know, I, I think I always took it for granted and just went with the easy answer of like... Yeah. Yeah, like she had told her tale. You know, she, she something she probably didn't realize she needed to do, but now Peter, that you're making me think about I it. I definitely. I don't know. Yes. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I'll have to I go with yes.
0: I think that she died at the end. I think she, I never put. Because it's the, her story from beginning to end. You well,
1: know? yeah, and there's another key two components to that is one, she returned to where Jack died because they're over the yeah. Titanic. Right, and yeah, what did Jack tell her when he was what on, when he's floating in that water with her, and she's saying, "I love you, Jack," and he's like, "Don't say your goodbyes. You're gonna die an old woman in your bed, right? Like you're gonna like go uh-huh. on." And li- <laughs> it's like as if she lived yeah. her life, told this story of Jack, returned to him, and died peacefully in her sleep to go meet, reunite with him. And when you see the pictures, she had lived her life exactly as Jack intended for her with like, and she lived wow. her life empowering herself down to writing. Well, yeah, uh, like her said, he at the to end, ride. that's why that sequence happens where, like, it goes back in time, like you go to the wreck, yeah, and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. the clocks reverse, and she's there with everybody that died, and she's meeting Jack. I think it's kind of like an artistic metaphor to say, these are these two souls reuniting. Yes. And being in love. Wow. And so, I honestly think that Rose yeah, absolutely. dies in her sleep at the end.
2: I think I have to say that like just because I found one thing that took me out of this does not Got mean it. that it's not a perfect movie. And I think the writing and execution of this was done as masterfully as you could do it. And it is a it is a unique film that, although utilizes storytelling in a way that we right. we know is successful. It does it in such a way that is unique into itself.
1: Hollywood it has to please. Be by this for the great. love of I, God, do not, do not remake this oh movie. Jesus, please do not for anything in the world remake this movie. Like there, there's no need. There's no reason. There's to no remake reason it, to ever is- let it live in what it is. You can yes, re-release yes, yes. it
2: all you want. Hell, you make clear, like an it like alien in spaceship in the theaters, up dude, there. Put some CGI in, the in theater, there. You make know,
1: another freaking <laughs> Titanic movie of some <laughs> other. <laughs> story. Do not remake this movie. Do The story of the saying. Britannica or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But do not remake this movie, especially if you're going to make it look like Greyhound. Do not. Do oh it. Jesus! And don't put
2: Tom Hanks in it. He is his quest to play every living American <laughs> human. He can't be Captain Smith. over. I mean, okay. All right. <laughs> Guys, I think we have you know, we yes. might have to do a Titanic part two yeah, just yeah, to might. keep this conversation going. I also like the idea of us revisiting movies like a year later, too. That could be yes. something fun for us for wild card episodes. But uh that's just something I want to plan for our audience. Maybe they'll like that. But uh, I want to make sure before we get out of here today, just to remind people to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And we've got a uh, We've got our merch store up, yeah. Uh, Peter, they can get to it through your merch store, right? Right, correct. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you sent me the link,
0: and I'm gonna put be putting it up on uh, Peterific-Merch.com, so you guys can go check out our merch store from there too.
2: Yeah, if you go to Peter's merch site, there will be a button that says "Podcast Merch," and Boom. then you can get. Clothes, onesies, stickers, magnets, whatever you want to rep the best movie podcast out there by three of the funnest dudes. And that's me saying it, so you know it's true. There we go. Uh, <laughs> also, you can, guys, you're going to be able to
0: get some popcorn, too, so get ready.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing like, uh, nothing like popcorn and magical at the movies with Rob and Rob. There we go. Rob Federick, thank you so much for bringing this one to the table. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, guys. Well, listen, it's it's a privilege to to, uh, get your thoughts on this movie. Uh, We share a lot of like sentiments and memories, which I thought I was the only one that thought about these things. But when you guys are bringing them up, it's kind of truly amazing what this film does uh, to people. So it has been an absolute pleasure to uh, review this one with you guys. So uh, should I sign it off? Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, uh, this has been uh, well. I am Rob Federick, and for Peter and Rob, this has been Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob, guys.
2: Madrigal at the Movies with Rob and Rob is hosted by Peter Madrigal, Rob Federick, and Rob Schulte. The podcast is edited by me, Chris Tyler, and produced by Rob Schulte. If you're looking to support this podcast, check out the merch link in the show notes or just leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any suggestions for a movie you'd like us to cover, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Christos Tyler or to Rob at Rob K. Schulte. Thanks and we'll see you again next week.